I am Chief Green, Command Chief of Air Mobility Command, and you are listening to the Bad Rock Podcast. So listen, today I'm joined by Captain Michael McFadden, Operations Officers from the Aerial Port Squadron, right? Go Port Dogs. Cool. And Senior Airman Yasmin Joshim from Air Traffic Controller with the Operation Support Squad. And one of those really smart people that always <laughs> scares me, right? Thank you, sir. And you go by Joe? Yes. Great. Joshim. Yeah. So today, you know, I'm really glad you guys are here today because what we're going to talk about is something that's near and dear to me that many people hear me talk about is say knowing the airman behind a uniform and how do you get to know your airman as leaders, and it doesn't matter where you are in the organization, you know, you, just your buddies around you, or you can be, you know, like you, sir, right, flight commander, or even squadron commanders, even wing commanders, right? How do you know your airmen in the organization? And I know both of you have some questions and some thoughts on this, so I'm excited for us to discuss this today for anyone that's listening and just for us. Awesome. Thanks for your time, Chief. Great. It's good to see yeah. you again. Thanks for being here, sir. And I'm excited to be here, even though it's cold so here. Always thought, you know, we come in. <laughs> but I'm coming from St. Louis, and it's colder there. <laughs> so don't worry about You know, that. you come through basic training, right. and you go through that. You know, put them down, pick them up, pick, put them down, pick them up. And, and we think that we change people after we put that uniform on them. But you're still the same person inside. You're still the same person inside, even though you're wearing this thing. And, you, you know, you go through tech school, you report to your first base, and, you know, several years go by. You haven't changed. Joe is still Joe. Yes, right, so you're still that person inside, and and when we talk about leadership, you know, one of the things that you know we talk about is lead. You lead from the neck up. You have to get in a person's brain to be able to inspire and coach and mentor and get them to achieve the things that you want them to achieve. You know, and part of my leadership analogy there also is that leadership parallels parenting, and you want your airmen to achieve more than you do, and you have to recognize that every airman is different. Right. You've had brothers or sisters or kids and, you know, like every one of them is different and what works for one won't work for all of them. And so it's about getting to know that person and to know that person. You got to know that person behind a uniform. Where are they from? What are their what is what drives them? What do they want from the Air Force? What are they looking for in life? You know, who are they dating? Because it's not just this rank. I can look at the rank on you, sir. I can look at the name. I can look at the duty badge and I can make some assumptions. Same thing with you, Joe. I can do that. But that doesn't tell me anything about you. And this is where I want to see, and I hope that we can have supervisors spend a little time of getting to know that person because that helps you to really be able to then influence and mold and mentor. And when I look at you, I should be able to see the person behind the uniform. Your family, where you're from, what your desires are. So as we're making decisions or as you're facing challenges, I can help you through those things. Does that make sense at all? Of course, yeah. right? A little bit. Okay, so uh, yeah. so what, let me hear your thoughts on, on some of those things. You want to start? Well, I'll start off because I like that you mentioned um, this idea of parenting, this idea of mm -hmm. being a mentor. Because when people first hear the word um, supervisor, they think of, well, if you look at the definition, it's about someone who is looking after someone, monitoring them. Whereas supervisors in the Air Force, I want them to mentor me. I want right. them to guide me, right. lead me not just monitoring me and make sure that I'm staying in line. Right. You know, so so a, a good piece on that to you is you, you know, she's smart. She's already going to the definition. I told you, <laughs> I t what did I tell you guys about air traffic controllers, right? I should have brought my books and all that stuff here, right? But, you know, as you mentioned, right, to, you know, sometimes supervision, supervisors think there's, there's this thing you call, uh, we talk about coaching versus being a referee. 
you know, and the referee is just there to maintain the rules and, and, you know, hey, you're doing this wrong. And here, these are the rules. Here's this. You're punished for this, right? And a coach is there to inspire you and bring all the good things out of you and make you achieve more than you thought. And that's what we're talking about for supervision. Now there's, now there's the military piece, right, the, the job, right? And you follow the rules and you got to know, you have to know the procedures. You have to know that as a supervisor, right? Are my airmen supposed to do? Did they... Check the boxes and do all of those. But it's the beyond that. How do you get them to inspire them to do that? Yes. Right? And that's where that, you know, I got in trouble once for saying uh, leadership parallels parenting and that parenting is leadership. Yeah, I got dragged through the mud on one of those social media things that I'm treating airmen like kids and I'm like Lord of the Flies and all kinds of, <laughs> you know, it's just, you know. I think you're treating them like people. Yes. Right? And caring. Right? The whole parent piece is caring that you want them to achieve more than you did. And you you can, as sometimes you can look and see, you know, hey, you continue down that road, here's what's probably gonna happen because you've got that experience and that wisdom as a supervisor. You know, you look back, I always like, so you're a senior airman, right, yes, Joe? If you look back at your 18-year-old self, so 18-year-old Joe, <laughs> right? And that's not that long ago, I'm sure, right? Not that long ago. So, so you're looking back. And I'm 56. So I can look all the way back at me. I, probably it's too far back for me to see. But you're looking back at 18. You probably say, oh, my God, that girl should have not have made those decisions. Or oh, if I could go back and talk to her. Definitely in hindsight, right? being 25 now and looking back, there yes. are some things that I would have changed or oh, taken advantage of. Oh, she just saw her age on, on the podcast. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so – and that, that came with wisdom and experience and, and, you know, and sets and reps in life. And as a senior airman, you can look back and say, wow, these are some things I wish someone had coached me on or helped me not make those decisions. And supervisors can see that. And that's what we want supervisors to be able to do. You know, you've been there, done that, understand some of those things. And we also want airmen to trust those supervisors. That 18-year-old Joe would probably not listen to you right now. Because she knew everything anyways, <laughs> right? And to say to those airmen, hey, trust, trust those NCOs. You know, if they're telling you to go to school or they're telling you to talk about investment or talk about financial management and do some of these things, or, hey, you know, when you're dating, here are some things you got to worry about, right, you know, to talk about life. Hey, trust them. I think what's special is that um, supervisors, they have foresight. So they've already been in the military for a while, and they're able to yes. look at the past, kind of analyze the present, and look at future decisions and kind of see which way to go, and they can pass that on to us, like this special knowledge yes. that they have. Yes. So. Much like sometimes parents do, right? Yes. Full and circle. a lot of times as a kid, you don't listen to them until finally you're like, oh, my God, I sound like my mom or I sound like my dad. It settles in. It sinks in, and we've got to keep – we've got to trust that. What do you trust. think about that, sir? So, Chief, in the Superport, we right? have more than 530 airmen, big oh A, civilians. Poor dogs. Uh, they rule. officers. Who right. are definitely, Chief. Um, but there's no way that the commander, uh, the operations officer, the chief, the first sergeant, there's no way that you can personally know every airman. Right. So we have to find ways to know some of the airmen very personally or push down uh, to supervisors and to superintendents uh, to know their airmen. And so one of the things that we try to do is bring in, we, we call it tiers and regions, really. Mm -hmm. We bring in the next tier down. So for right. the commander, it would right. be the uh, flight chiefs and flight commanders and know them very personally. And I'm in the same boat as the operations officer. The flight commanders and flight chiefs, we know very personally. Right. And then we expect that they'll go down and know the NCOICs and the NCOs in their sections personally in the hopes that they'll continue that on. 
additionally, we have 22 buildings, and people are spread throughout across the entire base. That's a huge challenge. And there's no way that you can go see people every day. So we have to find somebody who can be responsible for a region and make sure that they know everybody there. And then you find times to go out and schedule time to visit those areas specifically where you're not out there for any other reason than to get to know the people that are there. Right. Um, Sometimes that's around a big mission. Maybe we're moving something to the Middle East for an important occurrence. And we go out there, let them know that what they're doing is important, and then take the time to have lunch, uh, talk to them individually, find out what they care about. Uh, and go from there. And there's really no other way to do that when you have hundreds and hundreds of airmen. Um, and so then we, we shift. And one of the things that we talk about is we like to take our time and focus on the top 10 or 20% that really has earned uh, that spot and has goals. And you can sit down and say, hey, what can I do to help mentor you? What's important to you? And how can I motivate you? Right. And you can't really motivate somebody if you don't know what's important to them. Absolutely. Maybe, right. Leadership from the neck up. Exactly. Nice. Maybe, maybe, um, <laughs> I have a family, but maybe I'm mentoring a single airman and me talking about, hey, you know, your wife and kids, uh, this would be important. That's not going to mean anything to them. So you need to really know. Maybe their goal is to be the best soccer player the Air Force has. If I can mentor them and know that that's their goal personally in addition to their work, now I can use that to say, hey, you know, there's – opportunities out there if you do these things we can right. get you to be able to go do this and now that matters to them as opposed to them leaving the office and saying well i don't have a wife that, that didn't mean anything to me so and, and and if you don't know that about the airman right sometimes the one size doesn't fit all right you sometimes you know sometimes we like to just stand in front of the audience and here you go and you know come on exactly I've, how many times have we been in an airman and you stand there and there's the, the commander or the officer up there and you're like blah 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 right and you walk <laughs> away and you're like oh gosh there goes half hour of my life all right, right. But, you know, I love what, you, what you're doing in the port dock there, sir, too. It's a pyramid. And in a piece is you have to model the behavior that you want to see in a formation. You don't, you know, it's, we're not expecting commanders to know 500 airmen. There are some commanders that are really, you know, they're freaky like that. To, like to be able to just have met you and, you know, you just introduce yourself and your kids' names and they can come back a month later and tell you about it. I, I am not that guy. We're blessed to have one right I, now. That's I like am that. not that guy, right? So, you know, ten minutes later, I'm like, ah, oh, geez, what, what did, what? Did, you know? <laughs> but I'm the honest one to say, I totally forgot your name. Can you tell it to me again? You know, and I'll go through, right? And I can play my old age thing on that too. Right? <laughs> but what, what you're doing is is absolutely right. That you have to model behavior with the team around you. You have to model that. So those senior NCOs and the lieutenants to say, hey. I care enough to want to know that person behind a uniform. Here's how I lead. Here's how we're going to lead because <clears throat> you are setting the culture of the organization by doing that. Right. It's not going to come from the bottom up. It's not going to be like senior airmen, right? Like Joe coming in and say, hey, here's what I want to do, and that's going to change what the commander's doing. It's a tough thing that way. But commanders set that tone, and if the commander with their front office and their, their senior NCOs and the, and, the, and the flight commanders, you know, Maybe you got six, eight, ten, right, at most. You can know them well, and they can feel the benefit of working for a boss that cares about them, that knows the person behind the uniform. And what do you think happens when they go back to their flight? Right. They do that for those senior NCOs that work for them, and then they do that for the tech sergeants, and then they do that for those staffs, and then all the way down to the airman level. And it's a huge difference when you show you care yes. instead of say you, you care. Right. You, you know, we, we use a bumper sticker thing, and airmen see that. 
they see that and they, you know, they drop the, you know what flag. Yeah, right. You don't really. <laughs> this is not truly what, you know. But when they see those things and the commander's there. And then, you know, to your point, too, of, you know, you have these huge squadrons. You've got to get out from behind your desk, right? You've got to. Because if the only time you show up in that section is when something important is going on, that then it's like, oh, you came to double check on us, right? And you're just there for the mission. You're not there for us. Right. You need to be there when the cameras aren't there. Exactly right, sir. So that when you do show up, airmen enjoy having you around. Right? It's it's one of those. And I said this to the chiefs because we have a tough challenge with this as chiefs. This rank is scary. Ten airmen, right? I'm, I'm rubbing the side of my seat. I'm wearing <laughs> OCP, so it's wearing no ABU's longer too there, long, Chief. right? I know. I got to like find this little little rank on the front here, but it's scary. You it know? can definitely and, and be so intimidating. Sir. It is, and you know, and coming up in my time, the, when the chief came in that one door in, in the building, everybody scurried out the back, right? Right? You didn't want to be in the hallway because it's going to be a chewing out or an air for something, and you know, and, and it's as leaders, you know. They're too soon. We've got to be approachable. We've got right. to be, you have to have that. There's a lot of times the airmen will give you feedback right away. Yes. Um, last summer, uh, the commander and I took popsicles and just walked through the whole squadron with all these popsicles on a cart, and we were handing them out. And we got up into one of our sections, and one of the civilian airmen there told the commander, hey, sir, you're the first commander that's ever stepped into this office since <laughs> I've been here. Right. And, and that right there was the feedback that this is the right thing. Yes. And this is important. So you have to, you have to be present. If you're gonna tr- if you're gonna truly know your airmen, you have to be present in their work centers, and exactly. you have to go out there. And so when General Miller and I come out, we love it when we come to visit a base and they've got us going helping the airmen change a tire. And I know it's a lot of work, and the airmen, oh my God, you know, we call it a dog and pony show. But you know, it's it's so much fun for the airmen to see us there, and we're struggling. Like you know, one time we went out and we were working on a C-130, and we're changing this ball screw. I didn't even know what a ball screw was, you know. And, and so we're up in a wheel well, and it's a heavy thing, and the boss is down trying to work that, and I'm, I'm trying to get it hooked on the top. But, you know, just to be out with the airmen, and they don't want you there all day, but just to have been there with them, the power of moments. Exactly. Right? The power of moment that my commander, my supervisor, my chief was here, you know, and kind of see where we work, the conditions we were working. Right. If you find out that they're doing one of the toughest tasks that they do, and they have it today, and you go do that tough task— with them now when yes. when they're telling you things they know that you understand yes. the effort that goes into it because yes. if they think that you think this is easier than it really is then they're not going to tell you what they need exactly so, right additionally you're able to have real conversations when my um commander comes to the tower and he's speaking with us about him playing in a pattern or being on his um his aircraft and we're mm-hmm. having dialogue about what we can do better what he can do better as a pilot those real com- conversations, the power of that moment, it yes. really changes you. It does. It's not the commander's call, right, where it's like preaching, right? Here, a commander's call, and it's like a one-way direction. You know, Anyone, any questions? Yeah, everyone is kind of looking down and looking away. But when you come out to the shop, oh, my gosh, you have such valuable conversations. You, And you got to come and take notes, right? You know, as Chief Wright likes to say, squint with your ears. Mm. Because airmen will say a few things, and then you got to pull on that thread. Well, you know, tell me more about that. Right. And do this. You know what's funny? So we always talk about you need to know your airmen. But your airmen also need to know you. And we don't talk about that very often. But if, if you stand up, whether it's at a commander's call or in an office, and you tell mm-hmm. people, hey, you know, I'm married, I have two kids, um, we have some struggles, 
and I've made some mistakes, and these are the mistakes that I've made in the past. Uh, that lets them know who you are, and now maybe when they have a situation, they're willing to tell you because they know you've dealt with it. It's being if vulnerable. You, right. If you're just the yes. person in the front of the room and they say, hey, the commander is perfect, they're not going to want to tell you when they have something they need help with or right. when they make a mistake. But if you go up there and say, I struggle too, um, and we make it through these situations, then they'll be willing to come tell you, hey, I have a problem. So such, that's such a valuable point, really incredible. You know, it, it's, and, and as you said, Joe, the vulnerability – to, to, the willingness to be vulnerable brings out that you're a genuine leader. Mm. You know, it's not this fake, you know, I am perfect, I'm, you know, as Airman. You know, we, we sorry, in case you didn't know it, Airman Judge, read Judge, you know, <laughs> Commander comes out there holier than thou, yep, you know, you know, you never made a mistake in your life, or, you know, you're rich and you don't know what the struggles are. We've got to have those conversations. We know you, you Judge know. Chief. Right. We're well aware. <laughs> I think in uh, having those conversations and um, with someone being more vulnerable, it kind of creates that environment, the environment of support, the environment right. of, of feeling safe. And like you said, it opens up airmen to be more comfortable to speak about things that's going on with them. So. And, and that's, that's the goal. That's the goal. You know, you, learn, you can learn two sides of things, mission-related, where things are not going right and, and you're blind to some things. And then you learn airmen can bring some of their challenges to you and their thoughts and ideas, and you open up. Because when an airman is whole, you have a full up around, right? You have an airman that's firing 100%. When an airman is struggling with things in their life, they can't be 100%. You know, we wear a mask and we come in. And if we feel that we can't take that mask off and share it, and, and it doesn't have to be with the commander, Right, the frontline supervisor, friends, people around you, hmm. to create an environment. But it comes back; it comes all the way back to what you talked about, sir. Creating that culture in the unit, modeling the behavior from the top down that we care. Right, we truly care. This is a trusting environment. Right, this is a non-judgmental environment. Because, because as much as I say we judge, that's the worst thing we do as human beings. Right, and right. you know it, it changes how airmen act. Yes. Um, knowing you, if they know that I'm okay with you making a mistake, then maybe they're willing to take risks. But if they don't know that or they think that I'm not, now maybe they don't take risks, and now I have a different perce uh, perception of this airman. Right. Maybe I think they're not a risk taker when really they are. And when we talk about things like agility operations and multifunctional airmen, if I think someone's not a risk taker, maybe I'll say, hey, this isn't the person for this. Right. When really they might be perfect, they just think that I'm not open to it. And so we have to let them know it's okay to make mistakes and take risks. Don't break the law. Don't do anything unsafe. Right. But if there's something you'd like to try, please let right. me know. And when you tell them that, now they're willing to try all sorts of new things. Um, and you just might find out uh, that there's something, a better way to do it. And one thing we tell the airmen all the time, if you tell your supervisor you want to try this and they say no, come tell me. Yes. And not because I think your supervisor's wrong, but I'd like to find out if maybe it's because you're idea isn't feasible or maybe they just want to keep things the way they've always been right and you have to supervise and that doesn't have the wisdom right and you have to be willing to let them walk into your office and talk to you right. um, and one thing we always talk about you have to make time for somebody that takes the time to stop by your office if they're there to talk to you something is important enough to them that they said i'm going to go do this <laughs> and yes. sometimes you be late to a meeting right. but if they take that time you have to afford them the opportunity I'll pick on you on that one, though, sir. Oh, man. Yeah. So we always say, you know, I have an open-door policy. I was thinking that. Joe, have you sir. ever used an open-door policy? With who, sir? With anyone. You know, like the chief or the commander says, I have an open-door policy. I, well, 
Well, I actually um, listened to your um, ATA yes. uh, keynote, and you spoke about airmen being bold. Right. And that's something that I've always tried to do, but I know that's not something that everyone else is comfortable with doing. Right. If I need something from uh, my supervisor, from a crew boss, from my commander, I don't feel um, discouraged or I'm right. not timid. I'm go- I'm going to ask because it's probably something that I need or something that can be done differently. Right. And it's important to be bold, honestly. I really I, agree is. with you. It is. The piece that I... I think sometimes especially commanders and senior leaders enlisted or officer really we hide behind this notion that we say hey i have an open door policy you could come and tell me anytime i've been in 31 years i never went to no commander's office for an open door policy for you got to get past the door you got to get past the secretary that's there you know and the admin folks you're not getting in that office right so here's the chief's office. I'll That's why you, we say you have to get out of that office. You got to create access. Agree with you, chief. But right? I'll tell you, uh, in our squadron, the chief and I, yeah. we don't have a secretary. So if you walk into my office, you're right. going to be in my office. But, but think about it. When you were that lieutenant, did you go up to the to the commander's office? I did not. See? But it uh, but it all <laughs> depends right. on it's personality. Well, and like you said, getting yeah. out of the office. Uh, <laughs> if you walk down the hall and you right. shake every airman's hand that you run into yes. and you ask them how their day is and you remember that their kid plays soccer and yeah. you talk about those things, that will make them feel more comfortable the next time they walk past your office to say, hey, I forgot I have right, something true, I'd like true. to talk. Yes, you're building the environment. I would say also yeah. um, what I meant was more so in my flight, my, right. uh, my right. flight commanders, I yeah. feel comfortable to knock on their door and they're right. very welcoming. As far as my squadron commander, I don't have to go find him because he comes over so much that See, I can that just is, turn right? to him and ask him a question. or Create access. Create access. Another thing on creating access that it's a little controversial, but we talk about it is, is social media and technology, right? In, 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 in using the technologies that's there. As many senior leaders, we just, some of us shun that, that. Oh my God, it's the virtual. Airmen are always texting and they're always, you know, in this virtual world. And somehow it's like we think, you know, we're telling them, you know, put that down. You got to do face to face. I get it. Yes, we do. Do any of us really think five years from now, ten years from now, like the virtual world is going to implode? Like, you know, like Absolutely there's global not. warming happening mm-hmm. there, you know, like, oh, my God, you know, it's going to disappear. It's or is it going to be more prolific, you know, with 5G coming on with the new technologies, with VR, right? And AI, right? And, and the AR and all the other things coming on. And so we've got to learn to meet airmen where they hang out. You know, whether it's online gaming, whether it's it's just being able to to send out notes to folks on a text or being able to respond to them, whether it's when you're having a flight call that you allow them to text in questions because, you know, you've got extroverts, introverts, and it's tough. That's chief. You know, I'm one of those folks when I sit in the auditorium and say, do you have any questions? I'm like, my brain locks up. You might have a lot of questions, but yes. you get a microphone in your hand standing in front of all your <laughs> peers, and now it's gone. Right? <laughs> so. and, and just... What is important to the person on the stage? Is it important to have bold airmen that are going to stand and come to the microphone, or is it important to get the information and the questions? The new method they have of you can text the question, yes. it'll come up on the screen, and you answer yes. it. That's perfect because no, right. nobody wants to stand up and be that person. Right, and it's just it's it's using it's using the technology. It is. It's, it's called it's called by embracing the technology, but we've got to balance that. Right. Right, because. You know, one of the things that I, that I I would discuss too is you know that the virtual world is real. I mean, airmen meet; they meet people, they build friendships, they fall in love, they get married, they get hurt, they get robbed. All of those things in the virtual world—it's very real. 
those things that happen. And who's there helping to guide and mentor and, and manage that? And, and it's tough because we didn't really deal we with did. a lot we, of that. So right. we don't have a lot of And we, we just give it the high five. Like, yeah, hey, I don't know about that. I'm not, right? We need to be there. The chiefs need to be there. Senior NCOs need to be there. We need to work on trying to meet them. We're not going to know it as well. But we got to meet them. That's where you're going to meet them. So it's the same way as walking out of your office and going around and meeting airmen. That should be seen in the same way of going and meeting some of them. I'm trying to be Insta-famous, Chief. I do have 23 <laughs> followers at this <laughs> point, at so that. I'm almost there. You know, that's 23 more than if you didn't. Exactly. So, so it's that. What do you think? So you're the youngest one here, Joe. Come on. Well, I'm the youngest one, but I actually don't use a lot of social media. Okay, so that is good. Unfortunately. You know, there's, there's a balance. Not everyone is on there, right? So we can't just assume that anyone that's um, below 25 is, you know. A bit of a unicorn, but it's okay. Right? No? Go ahead. But, but what um, about your friends? What do you think about this whole? As far as um, trying to reach someone more so in a virtual world, I think it's for supervisors it would be more important to just get to know them mm-hmm. as far as um, – Despite, like, not being able to cross over and under, it'll be hard to kind of get um, across that veil. It's very hard to get into someone's, um, what they were doing in their virtual presence. It's just right. a, a difficult um, barrier to cross. But mm-hmm. if you know what's going on with them, you'll be able to see if, if something is wrong deep down right. and kind of um, assess that and see if it's stemming from, from the, um, like, their virtual presence. But it's right. very hard to assess our airman's virtual presence because it's, it's so hidden for the most part. Yes, just like the person behind the uniform. Yes, sir. That mask. We, we have that a, mask. a Facebook page here right. where people can submit things anonymously. And one of the things that we deal with is we'll wake up in the morning and somebody will say, hey, there was a post about one of our airmen. And now we have to check on them, make sure they're okay. And then it goes briefed all the way up the chain. And mm-hmm. that's all because of this virtual world. And if we're not on it, then we may not catch it until it's too late. Right. Uh, it, can be, it can be very important to someone that sees it. And we might not see it for 48 hours. It's a tool. It is. It's a tool. And I'll tell you, you know, sitting where I am at the headquarters, you know, I have the unfortunate access of all the suicides, and you know, being briefed up, coming up. And I'd say a very large portion of those where there was an ideation and we were able to respond, it's always come mostly from social media of someone text something. or It's never, you know, I'm talking to Joe and I said something, Right. Right. That's how important this is just to have feelers out there and use the technology that's there. It is. One of the things, uh, we do a Commander's Cup here uh, on a quarterly basis. And one okay. of the things that we started with is, hey, let's set up a bunch of sports. Everybody wants to do tug of war and football and ultimate frisbee, and it's going to be a blast. And we did that, and half the squadron had a blast. The other half, not so much. And when we were trying to figure out why, we realized the other half didn't want to play sports. They wanted to have an art competition, and they wanted to have a video game competition and a, a dance-off. And so once we started incorporating those things, now we saw the whole squadron. Right. Airmen sign up for what they're interested in, um, and sometimes that might be virtual-type things. It is. And when you can get everybody involved in having a blast, now at the end of the day when you give out the Commander's Cup, everybody is stoked instead of half the squadron cheering and the right. other half saying, why are we still here? It's time for us to go. Leadership's parenting. Not every one of your kids want to go play baseball. Right. Right? Some of them are just fine in the house with a puzzle or being online. And they're chatting with folks, right? Is it healthy? You know, there's debate on that. But we've got to be able to appreciate that. And it all, you know, it circles right back around to what we're talking about of knowing your airmen. 
Exactly. You know, knowing your airman, not just knowing, hey, this is the best one at this job. That's where we kind of tend to stop in the military. Who's better at this job? You know, hey, Joe is really good when there's so many aircraft in the pattern or blah, blah, blah. You know, you guys have all this stuff, right? <laughs> and I know, you know, Dover and McGuire, you guys have all these routes and you have to deal with that, you know. And you think, oh, yeah, you know, we're good at that piece. But how many supervisors can say, you know, here's Joe's desire. This is what she would love to really do, you know. Here's and some of the challenges she's facing in her family. Here's where she's from. Here's where she grew up. I don't even know where you grew up. Well, Bronx, New York, sir. And um, specifically in in the tower, it's pretty unique. We have a, un- a unique dynamic because you kind of work. You can work directly with your supervisor. So while I'm in, in local dealing with aircraft in a pattern, my supervisor right. can be in ground taxing aircraft to the runways. So that that makes it easier kind of for them to, to see what's going on with me and being able to right. talk with me, but also can create a barrier because – we are directly dealing with operations. Right. So if I had a bad day, might not want to speak with my supervisor or he might not want to speak with me. So it can create a barrier, but it can also open up lines of communication. Right. So. To say, hey, hey, maybe after you guys are off work, hey, we need. And that brings us to a piece that, that really, sir, I think comes back to leadership. We used to have this thing called sergeant's time. And sergeant's time was really maybe once a week, sometimes in the afternoon. It's about a half hour. 20 minutes to half an hour where you just hung around. You know, I came up via clops. You hung around the break room, and you just talked about life. Mm. You know, it wasn't about it. Don't drink and drive. You know, those things were all plastered everywhere, right? It was about life. You know, hey, what are you doing this way? Hey, what's happening? You know, you know, who's dating who? Who's, you know, life stories. Who got divorced? We're talking about child support. We talked about paying alimony. We life right real issues Re- you know these are these are natural things that happen in our environment That's things cheap. that probably weigh more heavily on you than yes. the actual job but can affect how you operate exactly right when uh, when we were at or when i was at mcdill in the lrs there we had a heritage room and once a week we had airman's time in there and the airmen were able to go in there for an hour actual uh, rank airmen, right. and the NCOs would do their job for the entire hour. So when the airmen didn't have to sit in there and say, when I go back, I'm going to have to make up all this work. Right. It was a free hour for them to have coffee, chat with whoever showed up, and when they came back, their work will have been done. So they right. just jump right back into it right. and go. And they loved it. It was, a, it was hugely important to them to just be able to chat with people from other sections, other flights, and just talk without having it be a staff that, meeting or about work. That's great creating an environment nice. for them to, to build relationships. I would encourage having some of those NCOs and senior NCOs, since like, I'm like all confused now, <laughs> having some of those NCOs and senior NCOs in there because they're the ones with the wisdom and the knowledge to guide some of that conversation. Otherwise, it's like the blind leading the blind. Sometimes, True. Right? That kind of reminds me of what my, squ- my squadron has just started doing um, third Thursdays of the month. And uh, because in my squadron we're so diverse, so we have mm-hmm. not only air traffic, airfield management, um, AFE, RAWS, which deals with the, which used to be ACALS, um, weather. You so guys we hearing have, um, all those acronyms? Yeah, that's how <laughs> they talk over there. <laughs> Sorry, we, we do like to keep it uh, succinct. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so we come together every uh, third Thursday of the month, and we get not only airmen but senior NCOs, um, officers together, and we just, you know, converse. We have fun, whether yeah. it's um, meeting and playing some games, having different activities, but it's just getting everyone together and having those conversations and just Really having a good time, so. Right. Yeah, you know, with Secretary Mattis, you know, when he was in there, 
put out a um, he'd put out a memo on leadership talking to us this is uh, especially senior enlisted leaders and, and leaders you know that in many aspects we are and he used the latin verbs you know in loco parentis saying mm-hmm. that you know as leaders we're there america's you know they the americans they pretty much give us their sons and daughters right they trust us as as folks enlist or to become a command come in commission and the expectation because my son's in the air force too and i i felt the same way that you know that leadership will be there to help them to grow into that man to that woman to make good choices because they're far away from home you're not there to see them every day right but you're trusting that leadership and we have to recognize you know that obligation that we have as leaders beyond just making them really good technicians of helping them to grow into being that flourishing man that woman you know on what is life how to make good choices what do good choices look like understanding that hey you can make mistakes or you can commit crimes those are two completely separate things Mm. you commit a crime you'll be held accountable doesn't mean we don't love you you'll have to get some punishment We'll take some action depending on the severity of what it was. But at the end of the day, you know what? We love and care for you. And we're doing that because, hey, this family, we've got to hold those rules. That's true. And it's, it's, it's having those conversations so that when airmen face those druthers, typically, just like a parent, it's usually 2 o'clock in the morning and you're not there by them. And they've got to make those decisions based on everything that you've helped to program that brain with. Right. And it's a programming, right? It's, it's, from the neck up, this is a computer on your head. And it's we have apps in there and everything we do and say and mentor and model, it's programming. We're putting programming in there so that when they can always reach into those things. Right. Those it really is like parenting. Uh, I did a feedback for a second lieutenant on Thursday. And during that time, I said, hey, uh, do you need any help with your taxes? And she said, I've never done it uh, <laughs> on my own before. So I yes. said, okay, we probably ought to look at that before you end up just not doing it yes. or having issues. So, yes. so that was that was Funny. me two weeks ago, and it was there not easy. <laughs> doing it for my first time yes. with TurboTax. Hopefully you went I, and got some help. I definitely got help. Okay, good. <laughs> right? I, I sent in, last week, um, I sent a note to all the command chiefs saying, hey guys, just remember that for a lot of our young folks, this is the first time ever that they're filing taxes. Right. And oh, by the way, you know, with our security clearances and all the other things, this thing can have an impact. And I actually had a senior NCO that went through it step by step with me and helped me completely through the way. That's the way it should be. Excellent. That's awesome. You getting any money back? Yes, I am. Okay. (laughs) You you heard it here. You heard it here first. (laughs) It's your money you've been paying into the government. And it's an important thing because we've had senior level folks that got in trouble for not filing their taxes. Right. Right. Senior level folks. So this is one of those things where, you know, it's mentorship, it's coaching, it's being that parent. It is. And that helps build trust when they know that it's not just about how many pallets did you get on that aircraft? It's did you get your taxes done on time and correctly? That that builds all that trust. And one of the things one of our philosophies, I print out uh, one of our smart sheets, but uh, we put inspire, empower, invest across the bottom of the lot of a lot of our memos uh, and documents that we use. And we talk about how that's not so much a philosophy as much as a promise yeah. that we will inspire you, empower you and invest in you personally and professionally. And doing those things saying, hey, we tell you you need to get uh, d- professional uh, development. That doesn't necessarily mean go get your bachelor's degree. That might mean learn how to play a guitar. 
uh, and whatever's important to you. And so those three words, we right. have them on the wall. We put them on our documents and we try to remind people, hey, this is what we're going after all the time. And we've noticed right. that it helps when you do things like, did you do your taxes? Now they start to believe those words. Um, and then obviously with empowerment, giving them the power to make decisions and not have to ask you every time. Uh, right. If you, can, if you can stick to those things, then yeah. And sorry, and then it's, well. it's saying, telling them, you know, hey, here's how we've been investing in you. Right. Here's some things that airmen are doing, because a lot of times we got to make sure that it's it's not just a bumper sticker. That here's the value behind that, and here's the numbers that we've been doing. Here's how we're empowering airmen. So for the commanders that that stand up and do that, right, it's important to have that relationship as you go as you go about it. But it comes back down. It always comes back to this: we're human beings. We're human beings. We're, we're all generally good human beings. And we all come to work wanting to do our best. You know, I don't think any airman wakes up in the morning, right, come in and say, you know what, I am just going to screw it all up today. You know, I'm coming in and I'm going to mess up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crash an aircraft or I'm going to. No. Right? It's never, <laughs> right? But things happen. You know, like you said, this is a big computer that's controlling our bodies, this thing on our head. And sometimes, you know, it's working on whatever challenge that, you know, you broke up with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or you're being weighed down. At, oh, my God, I'm going through a divorce. Things are falling apart, you know, and it doesn't even let you look at, hey, look at the statistics in the United States on marriage failure, right, or marriage success. It is not astronomical, right? This thing is almost like a 50-50, right. right, to say, hey, those things happen. If I were to go into a room of all airmen and say, you know, hey, who's had a divorce in here? You'd be surprised. Actually, you probably wouldn't be surprised. There'll be a lot of hands go up. But airmen face that sometimes, and they think they're the only ones in the world ever. And I can't talk to anyone about this because my life is so perfect, or everyone else's life seems perfect. That's the one piece on social media, too, right? We only post a nice, great vacation picture, and, and everybody's life is perfect. Exactly. You know, I'd seen a, a funny Facebook meme with, you know, the mom fussing, trying to get the kids to take a picture together, the brother and sister, like, ah, and then finally they, they get a quick smile, and, and that's the picture posted. And, and on the caption beneath is, my reason to breathe. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? And everyone is looking like, oh, my God, what perfect kids they have, right? <clears throat> Two seconds prior to that picture, right? There was all kinds of stuff going on. Right. We don't see that piece. We just see everyone's perfect lives. It kind of gives that illusion it, that um, it, everything is, is perfect around you and maybe that your life's just going bad. But, and you, something's wrong with you. But it's the strength in numbers, though. Like, if, you, if you know what's going on with other people and that there's a lot of people that are struggling with what you're struggling with, you don't feel like you're alone. It no. gives you that power to... Right. And you have to remind them, you matter. No matter what your struggles are, you still matter. And a, a big part of it is... If somebody goes through a rough patch and they have a rough day, you need to talk to them the next day and say, hey, just so you know, it's all good. Yes. Everything that you went through yesterday, we're all still here for you. We all love you. And and let's press forward as a team. And I never had those conversations. And like we spoke about a little bit before. <laughs> I, don't know, though, I don't know if it it's yeah. different now. That People didn't used to talk yeah. like that. Do you get those conversations? Well... I don't want you to put your supervisors <laughs> on your spot, <laughs> you know. But, you know, we say that, sir, and it sounds great. And, gosh, we have to make it happen, right? We've got we to model that behavior. We, we as the senior leaders have to model that behavior. Say, hey, I know yesterday was a crappy day. You know, hey, Joe, it's, it's all right. It's okay. Right? Let's buckle up. We're ready to go today, right? I think, like, kind of like what we were speaking about before we even started the podcast about it's okay to, to fail. 
Like, it's okay right. for things not to go the way you planned them. And I actually do have those conversations every day at work because even with the people that I'm training, they fail a lot. They make mistakes right. a lot because that's part of training and when you're in the simulator, making the wrong decisions. But you have to fail. Sometimes you have to go through things to get better, to become yes. stronger. And that's yes. okay. Sometimes you learn much more from your failures than you do your successes, right? Because sometimes the success comes somewhat easy and you just think, well, I was just good. Right. Right. But when you fail, it really makes your brain, this computer focuses on, well, what did we mess up? What do I need to learn and really get in? And Joe, that is a profound one there that, yeah, we've, we've got to accept some of those things. Right. right. When you succeed, you just think, hey, I'm the man. Of course, right. of yeah. course I succeeded. Yeah, look at that. But when you fail, it's like, why did I fail? You don't normally look at why you succeeded. You really drilled down. You did it. So you're like, your brain is like amped up right then. Like, oh my gosh, I can't let this happen again. Right. You know, all of these things are at risk and you start focusing in on those things. And so it, I'm not telling everyone to go out there and fail. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to come on its own. You don't even have to try, right? right. It, it just, it's life. It's things. If you continue to push, and that's how you grow. That is, Joe, that's profound. That's how you grow your air. Yes, sir. Yeah. My, my first supervisor, because um, you know, Dover is my first base, my first supervisor, he always told me, he said, no shot is a sure miss. There you go. No shot's a sure miss. So, you can't be afraid, afraid to fail. We don't want everyone to go out there and start failing, but you can't yeah. be afraid to shoot your shot. You can't be afraid to, to go out there and, and do what you got to do. Right, right, yeah. Hmm. This, is, this is really, really good. You know, it comes all the way back. He said, we're leading people, and, and, and to lead people, we've got to have relationship. We're, we're human. This is a humanistic thing, right, to know the people around you because when you do, you're that team. You look at some of the highest functioning teams, you know, like you some, some of our special ops folks, you know, they, 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 even after they come back from deployments, their families are together. They hang out together. They know each other's kids, right? It's a, it's the brotherhood and sisterhood. And that's what we got to have to have in each of the sections within squadrons, you know, sort of like your, your huge squad and 500, whatever, right? It's going to be hard to have just all of those together, but each flight can have some of those. Each they section can. can have those. And then it all comes together, right? That squadron vitality, you know, as the chief of staff says, you know, there's a squadron, right, is the beating heart of the Air Force. That's, that's where you have a culture. There usually is not a wing culture. Right. I know the wing commander's probably going to hear this and say, come on, chief. Get him off of there. Get him off of there. What's he saying, right? But there's no really a wing culture right it's too dispersed not even a group really right too know? diverse within group. the groups yes. to but you go down to the squadron right then then you start getting into real that culture piece that you can really influence and you know and it's it's that family feel right most of the flights within a squadron are going the same direction yes but once you get within a group they might be going different directions it, it is it's, and it's it hard becomes, to get them together it becomes much harder right and that's one thing that's nice about deployments you have a very specific mission usually when you're there. This is what we're trying to do. Right. Um, and you have a smaller group of people with no – when you get off work, there's nothing to go do. You sit around and continue to talk to them. And everybody loves it, but then when you come to home station, now 4.30 comes around and nobody's right. nobody's continuing that on because right. you have other things to do. Um, and I wish we could make the home station bonding yeah. as much of a priority as it is at a deployed right. location. And then, you know, so one last thing I would share too is – you know, that we come to work with a mask, you know, a lot of us, because quite often we don't, it's hard to trust everyone around you, 
right? You know, what's your life, right? Personal things. It's not like you just come in and just talk about all of these things. Um, and some people were raised to be private. Yes, right? It, it is. And so you've, you've got, as a supervisor, recognize that. And, and I always use myself as an example, too, of coming up. You know, I was that airman, that go-to airman. You know, I was the sharp. Back then, we wore BDUs, and it was all, you know, you, you were no kidding starched. Stand like, it up oh, in a corner. It, you can, <laughs> right? My boots were like the bulb shine. You know, I'd be there with cotton ball and, and your wax on the weekend. and You know, super sharp. I'm there late. I'm like the airman of the quarter. I'm this, I'm that. <clears throat> and, and sometimes those are the airmen we got to look at and keep an eye on because there's a you're unbalanced. Sometimes we give so much to the Air Force <clears throat> that your personal life, it's not balanced. You know, and I was married and I wasn't putting enough attention in my family and my kids. You know, I was the one staying late, coming in on the weekends because I needed to work on the schedule. And I, you know, and, and then I was being fed by the uh, NCOs and the senior NCOs. See, Airman Green, that's what you need to be like. And, you know, just fed the brain, right? Computers like, yeah, right? And you do more and do more. And sometimes we have to recognize that and, and say, you know what? Hey, Airman Green, you know, go home. Hey, this stuff's going to be here tomorrow, right? How are things with your family? Spend some time with them, right? And, and we've got to have that balance. And you wouldn't know that until you know the Airman behind the uniform, until you know it. Look. They're really working hard on this, but they've got some things they got to work on at home. And how do I balance their life, right? Parts of some of that in local parentis thing. Right. What's good for them? It's not just what's – because sometimes it's the supervisor like, yeah, that's the airman because, you know what, I can give them any task and it's going to get done, you know? And we do that. I'm talking enlisted and officers, right? It's going to get done. They're, they're not going to – they're not going to rest until this thing is done, but at what expense? Well, and especially when they finish it and you say, great job, here's another. Yes. You did so yes, well. Yes, right? We even, we even have a thing for that, right? Find your, find your race horses and give them more stuff because mm. they're going to get the job done. At what expense? And so. su- supervisors, honestly, they, they wouldn't know what's going on beyond all the, the tasks being laid on one person until they care enough to ask and then just ask. Right. Like if you know that this person has a lot of things going on and they have a lot of different um, tasks going on with work or outside of work or you wouldn't know about at home until you actually sit down and think about it. Man, you know, Amy Joshima has a lot going on. Let me ask her how is she balancing balancing these things. Let me ask her how she's handling the pressure. But you have to ask these questions. Yes. You you can't just expect that they're going to use your open door policy. Right? Right. <laughs> Come in, right? You've got to be there and you've got to be that approachable person too, you know, because you have to create that environment of trust. And then back to what you'd said, sir, and you, Joe, that some of that vulnerability, you've got to show that, you know, you have worked through challenges so that I do feel comfortable when you do ask to say, yeah, you're someone that I could tell that to. And even if I'm not, you know, maybe I should encourage you, hey, you know, here's someone you can talk to. Because right? there's some things that you may not want to talk to me about. And it's okay. That is okay. Maybe you go talk to someone else. But just to know, especially you know, as that supervisor, that you are talking to someone. You are getting that help. Because when that's good, when everything is good in your brain and you're firing on all cylinders, hell, you're a perfect airman at work. You're getting stuff done. Right? So great, guys. This is, you know, this is, I could stay here all day and we can, yeah, this <laughs> awesome. we can yeah. talk about this because we're talking about P 
people. We're talking about the, the most incredible thing. And we always say, you know, people are our most valuable asset in the Air Force. As you heard me said several times, you know, we got to get away from these things just being bumper stickers and actually mean it and put things behind it. You know, sir, to your slide of we invest in people, right? We've got to invest in people. If people are the most important things, then then by God, let's make them them important way, right? Yes. Honestly, this has been a great conversation. I'm actually testing for staff soon, and I'm looking forward to being a supervisor and implementing all of this. Good. So implement those. So we've got to model the behaviors, right? We've got to model the behaviors. This is really, really good. Captain McFadden, sir, it sounds like you've got incredible ideas and, and, and you guys are firing on all cylinders there in the Port Dogs. I'm actually surprised because Port Dogs, you know, you guys are right. But to, to know that you're caring and actually thinking about people, that is so warming to my heart, right? It is absolutely right to, yes, to do Chief. that. You should come down and check it out. I, I will. I, you know, I will have to work that. And, and Aaron Joshim, you know, you are such a breath of fresh air and hearing your perspectives. Right. Absolutely incredible. That's why, you know, that's why I'm so pumped up that that our Air Force is in good hands. I'm going to be retiring later this year. So, you know, my ceremony is going to be in August and then my official hand in the ID card is the end of November. And it'll be 32 years for me. And it went by in in a blink of an eye, really. So, you know, as I as I look at the sunset of my career, you know, you all are sunrise. It's in the future for you if you choose to stay in. And it is such an exciting, exciting time. So much incredible things happening that I can't even imagine, right, 20, 25 years from now, one of you sitting, you know, and having, it won't be a podcast. It'll be, I don't know, virtual something, you know. (laughs) Who knows, right? Some 3D person of you talking to Airman. (laughs) Who, Who knows where the technology will take you. But as we talk about, this is not just about the mission. This is about our Airman, capital A, right, all of our Airmen, having the best experiences they can in our Air Force. Because when they can have the best experience in our Air Force, they and their families, then our Air Force is healthy. We've got enough processes and procedures in there for the technical aspects of the Air Force. We've got you know, everything, it's written out and all of those. It's the life aspect. It's that, it's that art of leadership. And, and a big piece of that, as we talked about today, is knowing that airman, knowing the airman behind the uniform, getting in their head and creating an environment where you can do that. So thank you for your time today. I know it's Saturday and you came in and did this, but I really appreciate it, and I appreciate your leadership and you serving our great nation. Thanks, Chief. Thanks for your time as well. We appreciate you. Thank you, Chief, for coming. And for more podcasts like this one, which this was a great one, actually, so check out the Bedrock Podcast on dover.af.mil. Or to go to the 436 Airlift Wing page on the Air Force Connect app. Hopefully you got that app on your phone. <laughs> if you don't, you need to download it. But it's under the social media. So once again, I'm Chief Green uh, from Air Mobility Command. And thank you for listening to us today. <laughs>